touch your nail scarred hands I have a deep unspeakable joy that makes my faith to stand Lord I believe in you I'll always believe in you though I can't see you with my eyes deep in my heart
Good morning. What a blessing. You know, I love it when Taylor sings, and especially before I give the message. And it is such a blessing. That is a song that can encourage our hearts. I believe in the Lord. We can't see him with our eyes, but we know he's with us. We know he saved us. And we know we're going to be with him someday. So it gives us encouragement to face whatever things we go through in life, to know that the Lord is right there with us. He's sitting right beside us. He goes with us where we go and where we come. So praise God for that. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Father, we just pray that you will take your word and apply it to our heart like balm today. We pray that you'll comfort those who need comforting, encourage those who need encouraging, challenge those who need challenging, lifting up our hearts to you. We give thanks, Lord, for this time of your word, and we pray that you would speak to us by the Holy Spirit and give us exactly what you want us to hear. Please hide me behind the cross, Lord, and we pray that the words that are spoken will be your words, Lord, and that will enrich our lives, and we just commit ourselves to you and thank you in your precious name. Amen. You know, this church has been through a lot over the last 30 years. Can you believe it? It's been over 30 years that this church has been in existence. But it seems to me that in the last several weeks, we've been through an unbelievable amount of things. And we all know what's been happening. But I love that verse of Scripture from Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. We read it yesterday in the Scripture readings. And it says, yet in all these things, or whatever things we're going through, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I love that because it doesn't say we're conquerors, but we're more than conquerors. God has given us a sufficiency for whatever we're going through. His grace is amazing. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. What you're going through right now in your life, my grace is sufficient for that. My grace is sufficient for you what's going to happen to you tomorrow and in the future. We don't know what it's all going to entail. We never know from one day to the next. But we know that it's in God's control, in His plans, in His timing. And I'm encouraged because every man of God in the Bible and every woman of God in the Bible went through hard times. They went through difficult times. They went through times that strained their faith and stretched their faith so far, but they didn't give up. They didn't quit. They held on to the Lord, and then they saw him in glory. And that's what we can rejoice in today. The title of our message is, Be Overcomers. Be Overcomers. You know, it's interesting that, uh, I love Brother Nick. Where are you? There he is, Nick Jr., Nick the Fourth. He's actually Nick the Fourth. He said to me today, he said, who's speaking today, Dean? I said, I'm giving the message today. He said, what are you speaking on? I like this brother because he's direct. You know, he comes at me. I said, okay, I'm speaking on being overcomers. He said, what does that mean? A good question. A very good question. What does it mean to overcome? It means to be victorious over our circumstances. It means to rise above them. It means to trust God when we don't understand what's happening. That's what it means to be an overcomer. And we all have things in our lives that we need to overcome. And God gives us the ability and the strength to do it. But we have to decide to do it. We have to decide to trust him, and he will give us the victory. Well, let's see what the dictionary says about it now, Nick, because this is a very good definition. 
The word overcome is defined as to get the better of, struggle, conquer, to master, to prevail over, to surmount, to overpower or overwhelm, to be victorious, or to win. And it's interesting in the Greek language that the word Nike means victory. You know, they have this huge conglomerate, this big company of Nike. They make shoes. I remember getting one of the first running shoes by Nike. They called it the waffle shoe. And the guy got the idea of it by putting uh, his waffles on the waffle iron. He said, wait a minute, we could put that on the bottom of a shoe and it'd get real good traction out here in the trails of Oregon. And that's where it all started, Nike. And they put out the prototypes and it's a, the rest is history. But if we want to have victory in the sense of the New Testament, we have to trust Jesus Christ. Because there's no victory in ourselves. There's no victory in the world. The victory is in Jesus Christ and his relationship with us and our relationship to him. Turn with me this morning, if you would, to our main text, which is in Numbers chapter 14 and verses 25 to 33. The book of Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, chapter 14. Numbers, chapter 14, and we'll begin reading at verse 25. Here Moses had sent out the spies, one from each tribe. There were 12 tribes. There were 12 men went out to spy out the land that they were going to go into, the land of Canaan. And it says in verse 25, And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. Then they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent, it, sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. May God bless the reading of his word. Our main text is found today in verse 30, where Caleb quieted the people and he said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. We are well able to overcome it. There's really three things that we need to overcome in life. Three categories, I should say. First of all, we need to overcome the things that have happened to us in the past. Secondly, we have to overcome the things we're going through now in the present. And the third thing is we have to overcome the prospects of the things of the future. 
So if you look at it that way, God wants us to be overcomers of things past, present, and future. Because all of those things can hinder us in our Christian walk. May the Lord help us to be victorious. You know, the devil wants to do his best to go against every Christian, every church, and do his best to, to destroy them, to destroy it. And what he tries to do is he gets us to be so concerned and bothered about our past and so worried about our future that we can't enjoy the present. That's what he tries to do. And so may the Lord help us to be overcomers, to be victorious, to triumph over our circumstances. You know, we've all have things that have happened to us in the past. Good things and bad things. And one thing about the past is, can you change it? No. Can you alter it? Can you go back? Can you rewind the tape and do it over? Can you do a do-over in the past? No. What has happened in the past is in the past. And have you ever noticed that the devil likes to whisper in your, yeah, but look what you did. Look what you did three years ago or five years ago, or look what you did yesterday. The devil is always going to remind us of our failures, of our mistakes, and try to say, you're a loser. God doesn't care for you. Look what you've done. Look at your life. Look at your history. Look at your resume. It's bad. But the Lord says, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Look what I've done for you. I've saved you. I've given you a new life. And all the past, all the things that you did, all the bad stuff has been forgiven. It's been forgotten. It's been erased by God's eraser. And we can be thankful for that. So we can triumph over our past so that when the devil comes to us and whispers in our ears, we're not going to listen to him. We're not because our past has been given to us by God and he has given us victory over it. And I thank God that the Lord Jesus Christ as God's son came down to die on the cross and to take all my sins, all my failures, all my mistakes and die for them on the cross to put them away forever. And he tells us in his word that he buries our sins in the deepest sea. He puts our sins behind his back. He blots them out as a dark cloud. He forgives them. He removes them as far as the east is from the west. So we're sitting here today with no burden of sin. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, your sins are forgiven. If you don't, though, you have a heavy burden. You know it. Maybe you don't tell anybody about it. Maybe you don't share it with anybody. But when you go to bed at night and before you flip that light off, you know there's something missing in your life. You don't have that peace. You don't know what's going to happen to you in the future. You don't know what's going to happen when you die. Or as Adrian Rogers says, five minutes after you die. Where will you be? In heaven or in hell? And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ came so that we can have forgiveness and we can go to heaven and be with him. The Lord Jesus was the ultimate overcomer. And he overcame everything by his blood. And he died on that cross and he rose again. And what a triumph that was. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. But our, as believers, our past is behind us. We've all had our share of failures and defeats and disappointments in life, both before we're saved and after we're saved. How do you handle those things? You look at people's lives in the Bible. Look at Jacob. Jacob failed. You look at Moses. Moses failed, but he became the greatest leader. David failed, and yet he was the great king, the great shepherd of Israel. Jonah failed. He was swallowed up by the great fish, but he went on to serve the Lord. Peter failed. He denied the Lord three times. 
And Naomi failed by going down to Moab instead of staying inside God's will. But in each case, God forgave them and restored them and gave them a better life after their failure. And that can give us hope. That can give me confidence. Because if I fail, if I make a mistake, God forgives and he will get us up. Come on, let's get up and go. We've got to move on. We can't stay stuck in the past. J.I. Packer said, Our God is a God who not merely restores people, but he takes up our mistakes and follies into his plan and brings good out of them. This is the part of the wonder of his gracious sovereignty. You wonder how God could take all these failures, all these mistakes, all these things, these sins, and he can then use these things to mold us into the people we are today. So many times we say, I wish this hadn't happened to me in life. Why did that have to happen, Lord? Why did I have to be born in this family? Why did this have to happen to me young in life? Why did I have to go through this? You know, people nowadays are going through all kinds of things. There's divorces, there's hardships, there's things that happen all the time, and we have to get victory over them. We cannot let them keep us down. But sometimes our past can hinder us. Sometimes our past can harass us, and sometimes our past can haunt us. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants, us to, he wants to haunt our past, bring up things against us all the time. But God says, I'm going to give you the victory. Think about the Israelites here. Here they were. They were going to go into the promised land. They really had two histories at this point. The one history was they were in slavery and bondage for 400 years. That was the first half of their history. And then God delivered them through Moses and they went out into the wilderness and they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Now they should have only been in there for 11 days. It should have taken them to go from Egypt to the land of Canaan to the promised land. But because of their willful disobedience, their lack of appreciation, their lack of thankfulness, their murmuring, their complaining, God took them on a journey for 40 years. Years. Don't we feel like that sometimes? I didn't learn the lesson from the first time, so now I'm going through it again. I failed sixth grade, so I got to repeat it. You know, that was always my fear in, in school. You know, I don't want to fail and have to repeat it again. Think how embarrassing that is. You know, you want to go with your classmates to the next grade, and all of a sudden they say, I'm sorry, Dean, you got to stay back. You got to relearn it. You didn't get it the first time. But I think as Christians in life, we have to learn the sometimes the same lessons over and over and over again. And the Lord is so patient with us. He doesn't say, Byron, here you go. This is number five now. I'm counting. Fifth time now. No, he doesn't do that to us. He's so patient. He works with us. But he wants us to get it. He wants us to know that we can be victorious over the things that have happened to us in the past. And so they had these two sets of memories. And so, too, we as believers have two sets of memories. The things that happened to us before we were saved and the things that have happened since we've been saved. And he wants us to be victorious over both. He wants us to remember what, what our life was like before we were saved just to the standpoint of to remember how he delivered us from it. And then he wants us to remember how he has taken care of us from the moment we gave our life to Christ to this present moment and will through all eternity. And that's, that's the thing. And as we see God taking care of us every day, he builds our faith. He grows our faith so that we can get stronger. Sometimes we think, Lord, I can't go on. I can't do it, Lord. This is too difficult. 
But like Jim was sharing in the, in the class today, in the memory class, he only gives us things that we can handle. But sometimes we don't think we can. But he gives us the grace. He gives us the ability to handle it. Sometimes, though, he stretches us a little bit. Ooh, this is hard. This is difficult. This is inconvenient. But he gives us the ability to do it. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants our faith to grow. I like what Warren Wiersbe said. He was a great, he's a great Bible teacher. He said about the past, he said, Do not say, why were the former days better than these? You do not move ahead by constantly looking in the rearview mirror. The past is a rudder to guide you, not an anchor to drag you. You must learn from the past, but not live in the past. And I thought that was really such a great blessing. You know, there, recently I saw a commercial on TV with Steve Young. This is pretty good. He's driving in the Prius, right? And he sees this thing in the back here. <laughs> yes, and so he looks over and it's gone. He looks over and it's gone. And you, so many times you're, you're looking over your shoulder so much to see what's already happened in your life that it becomes a hindrance. It becomes a problem. He wants us to put it behind us and move forward. But Lord, it's hard what I'm going through. Move on. Move forward. Get up. Keep going. We've done that for the last 30 years. We're going to continue to do it because God gives us the victory. I thought of an acronym for what the world thinks about the word past, and it's this. Painful and sad times. Past. P-A-S-T. Painful and sad times. And if you don't know Jesus, that's your life. Painful and sad times. There may be a few good things that happen, but by and large, that's what it's about. But for the Christian, our acronym is putting all situations to rest. P-A-S-T, putting all situations to rest and overcoming them by faith. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. Secondly, we have to look at our present circumstances today. The past is what it is. We set that into God's hands. We overcome it. Then he wants us to overcome what we're going through right now today. Right now in the seat you're sitting in, what are you going through in life? Whatever it is, God's grace is sufficient. You can overcome it. There's nothing that we can't overcome. The moment we say, I can't, we can know he can. And that's the blessing of it. We can overcome our past, and we can overcome our present as well. These 12 spies, they went out to spy out the land, and all 12 of them gave a great report of the land. They brought back this fruit. You know, I don't, Adel and I go to the farmer's market every uh, Saturday, and I have in my trunk boxes so we can put the fruit in. Boxes that we can put the fruit in. Most people, they come out, they have a little bag. But Adel, he loves fruit. I buy some too. And we fill up my entire trunk with fruit. And that's what they did in the, in the spies here. They spied out the promised land. They brought such heavy grapes back, they had to carry it on a pole. And they said, this is a fruitful land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. This is a great land. But 10 of the men said, but there's giants there. The sons and descendants of Anak are there. And all these fortified cities and all these things, there's no way we can conquer them. We look like grasshoppers in their sight. We can't go up and fight these people. These are, these are enemies that are unconquerable. But I love what Caleb does here. He quiets the people in verse 30. He quiets them. I can just imagine him just saying, shh. And notice then what he says. Once he gets their attention, he says, Let us go up at once to take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. 
He said, yes, there's giants there. Yes, there's fortified cities there. But you know what? Caleb and Joshua, they were the only two spies that looked at the situation totally different than the other ten. The other ten were looking with their physical eyes. Caleb and Joshua were looking with their spiritual eyes. The other ten noticed the giants and the fortified cities and the impossible circumstances. Caleb and Joshua saw how big God was and that he could more than handle it. Because if God's with you, yeah, let's go right now. But if God's not with you, yeah, you're not going to make it. You can't fight against these enemies. They're too much to handle. They're too much to overcome. But I get so encouraged to be overcomers for us to be overcomers in the scriptures because Jesus laid it all out for us in John chapter 16 and verse 33. He tells us why we can be overcomers in our present situations we're going through today. John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. If Jesus has overcome the world and we are our followers of Jesus, what does that mean to us? We are overcomers of the world too. We are overcomers of our circumstances too. We can do it because of him, not because of ourselves. And because he faced the cross head on and died on that cross and rose again, he gives us a victorious life. He gives us the ability to overcome whatever circumstances we have. You know, it would have been very easy for the Lord Jesus just to avoid that cross. It would have been very easy for him to come down from the cross when they taunted him. But he didn't do it. He stuck it out. He kept going. He overcame the world by dying on that cross. He overcame the devil by dying on that cross. He overcame everything by dying on that cross. And now he shares with us in all our burdens... In all our trials and all our difficulties, he's right there with us. He's right there beside us. He's not giving up on us, and we should never, ever give up on him either. He will give us the victory. And that's why these are seven words that will change your life today. Seven words that will change my life today. We are well able to overcome it. Seven words. Seven words. We are well able to overcome it. And I was looking at that and I was thinking, now wait a minute, it uses this, the text uses the word it there, it. What does he mean by it, well able to overcome it? It should be plural, shouldn't it? Because there were enemies there. There were fortified cities there. There were all these things that were scary there, all these things. But it says they were, we are able to overcome it and that it is the world. It is everything that we go through. He knows what the it is in your life, and he knows what the it is in my life. When whatever that it is that's troubling us and burdening us and hindering us and being an obstacle to us, he knows exactly what it is. And that little word it is a very amazing thing. So I ask you today, what's the it in your life? Is it a job situation? Is it a family situation? Is it a health situation? Is it a financial situation? We are well able to overcome it. Lord, you mean I can overcome that? Yes, you can overcome it. And we all have things. And God wants us to rise above our circumstances, not to live under our circumstances. I was thinking about that if you have a condo, and there's a top floor and there's a bottom floor. 
Now, some people like to live on the top floor and some people like to live on the bottom floor. But one of the difficulties of living on the bottom floor is the noise on the top floor. I mean, sometimes the stereos get loud, sometimes people walking on the floor is very loud, and people do things at odd times of the day, midnight, two in the morning, say, what are you doing up there? But it reminded me of when I thought of that analogy of the condo, some on the top, some on the bottom, God does not want us to be overwhelmed by our circumstances that are above us. He wants us to rise above those circumstances and be victorious over them. And only Christ can give us the power to be victorious over our circumstances. He can do it. He wants us to be victorious over temptation. He wants us to be victorious over sin. He wants us to be victorious over evil. He wants us to be victorious over difficulties and troubles and hardships and sorrows that we go through. He wants to give us the victory. I like the story that A.J. Gordon told about the day he went to the World's Fair. And he said, from a distance I could see a man pumping water with one of those hand pumps. The water was pouring out and he said as he looked, this man is really pumping water. But when he got closer he discovered that the man was a wooden man and that the water was actually pumped by electricity. The man was not pumping the water, the water was pumping the man. And so I said, okay, wait a minute. That really relates to what we're talking about here. We can either be in control of our circumstances by rising above them and being victorious and overcoming them, or we can let our circumstances overwhelm us and overcome us. Which do you choose today? Do you choose to overcome and be victorious over what you're going through or to let it overcome you? We don't want to be like that wooden man that was pumped by the, by the water. We want to pump the water. So that's the question for us today. Seven times in the book of Revelation when the Lord was talking to the seven churches, he used this expression. He said, he who overcomes dot, dot, dot. And he promised something special to each one of these churches if they became overcomers. Overcome, overcome. And the question is, did they overcome? History tells us that none of those seven churches exist today. None. None of those seven churches. What it tells me today is it's possible for churches, it's possible for individual Christians to be so overwhelmed by circumstances as to give in and quit. That should never be the case for us. It never will be the case for us because we will continue going in the power of God's word and in prayer and we will continue the fight. We will not give up. We will keep going for the Lord. It never surprises me when I hear athletes. Have you ever heard a famous athlete who maybe is in an individual sport like golf or tennis or football team sport and they've achieved the greatest achievement and they're interviewing them and they're saying, well, I am very thankful for what I was able to do out there today and we won the game, we won, I won the match or whatever it is. But what really is, is amazing to me is I overcame adversity. And they tell about the injury they have or they tell about what happened to their loved one who passed away or whatever it is and they had a special feeling more than the other players because they had to overcome adversity to get there. In life it isn't often that somebody hands you anything. 
You know, they say you can be born with a silver spoon in your mouth. I've never seen this silver spoon yet. I don't know about you, but I wasn't born with any silver spoon in my mouth. I've had to achieve everything I've gotten. I've had to work for it. I've had to earn it. I've had to go through adversity. And the more adversity we go through, the stronger we get, and we become the people that God wants us to be. We go through adversity. Coaches go through it. Players go through it. Individuals go through it. Adversity by the by the circumstances. I love this story. I read about an artist down in Mexico. He was working on a statue. And during the process of working on the statue, he lost his right hand. Now, if you can imagine, if you're an artist and you are right-handed, how are you going to do your art? How are you going to do your painting or your sculpting or whatever thing? Guess what he did? He overcame his circumstances and learned to do sculpting with his left hand. He overcame. He overcame the obstacle. And guess what he called it at the end? At the end, after all of this, he called it in spite of. In spite of. Because he couldn't use his right hand anymore, he turned to the left one, and in spite of his circumstances, in spite of that adversity, he made the most beautiful statue, the most beautiful thing, and he called it in spite of. And so many times we as Christians can thank God for what he allows us to go through. It's painful at the time. It's difficult at the time. We don't want to go through it. But he allows us to because he's going to make something beautiful out of us. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take a lot of work. But God is going to work. You know, nowadays they don't ever like to use the word handicap anymore. Except in the golf course, you have a handicap, but they still call it that. But they try not to use it handicap because they don't want people to feel bad. They call it a challenge. He's emotionally challenged or physically challenged. But really what it is, a lot of people have handicapped. And what they do is they rise above it. And I never cease to be amazed by these Iraq war veterans. They come back from Afghanistan or Iraq, whatever they're, wherever they're fighting. And you see them running with these artificial limbs. And you see them out skiing or doing all these things. And then I say to myself, Dean, why, can't, why are you letting this little thing bother you? Why are you letting this little obstacle keep you from, from growing and from serving and doing this? And it inspires me. When we saw this movie on Friday night, this little boy had cancer. He had cancer. He was dying of cancer. And he was writing letters to God. And he was really praying for all these people and touching all these people's lives. He wasn't overwhelmed by his circumstances. He overwhelmed his circumstances in such a way as he affected the whole town. He affected so many people. And we can affect people too, but we have to be willing to overcome. We have to be able to overcome. And when we do that, God will give us the victory. It's an awesome thing to overcome. And the harder the obstacle the greater the overcoming. And that's what God wants us to do. And finally, the third point briefly this morning is the prospects for the future. We don't know what the future holds, but God wants us to overcome it. Because somewhere out there this week, there's something looming. Looming in our lives. We don't know what it is. It may be something at work. It may be something we're going through. We may already know what we're going to have ahead of us. And that's the hard thing because we start thinking about what could happen that sometimes never will Yes, Jesus had the perfect remedy for that when he said in Matthew 6, 34, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. 
You know, if we start worrying about tomorrow and getting all worked up about it, we will agitate ourselves to such a degree as we can't be effective in the present time. We're going to be so worried and so bothered. And so the scripture tells us not to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The devil wants to infiltrate us, though, and he wants us to build sandcastles made out of what-ifs. Have you ever gone to the beach and seen, or maybe you've made one yourself, you made a beautiful sandcastle, intricate sandcastle, it's beautiful, it's got everything and everything. And then all of a sudden, what happens? A wave comes in and it just knocks that sandcastle. You worked so hard on it. You did so much to get that sandcastle to look beautiful. And it just wiped it out. Well, that's what it is. The same way as when we start letting our minds focus on what if. What if I lose my job? What if I have to go through heart surgery? What if I can't get into this particular school? What if, what if, what if, what if? The devil wants us to focus on the what ifs. God doesn't want us to make sandcastles of what ifs. He wants us to build strong houses on the rock of God's word that are thus says the Lord. Because as soon as the devil starts saying, what about this, what about this? Thus says the Lord. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. I mean, as soon as we start quoting scripture, all those things, they dissipate. They're just out. But we trust God. And there's really three pillars that'll hold up our lives better than anything else in life. Three pillars. Number one, fret not because he loves you. That's the first pillar. Fret not because he loves you. We can face the future because God loves us and we don't have to worry about it. Secondly, the second pillar is faint not because he holds you. God's going to hold you. When you don't think you can stand, when you don't think you can walk, he's going to hold you. He holds us in his arms. He takes care of us. And that's what he wants us to do. And the third pillar is fear not because he keeps you. So you have fret not, you have faint not, and you have fear not. And God is with us. And that's why John says in, the, in 1 John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that it overcomes the world, our faith. Our faith overcomes the world. That's why when we had a chance to pick the song today, I said, let's sing that song. We don't sing it very often, that number 432. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And he will help us to do it. In closing, I just want to read to you the words of a song written by Dottie Rambo. She's a wonderful Christian singer. And she wrote these words, and it spoke to my heart as I was preparing the message on this subject. And I just love it. And may it minister to your heart as it did me. It says, I feel the touch of hands so kind and gentle. They're leading me in paths that I must trod. I have no fear when Jesus walks beside me, for I'm sheltered in the arms of God. So let the storms rage high. The dark clouds rise, they won't worry me, for I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. He walks with me, and naught of earth can harm me, sheltered safe within the arms of God. Soon I shall hear the call from heaven's portals. Come home, my child, it's the last mile you must trod. I'll fall asleep and wake in God's new heaven, sheltered safe 
within the arms of God. So let the storms rage high, the dark clouds rise. They won't worry me, for I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. He walks with me and not on earth can harm me, sheltered safe within the arms of God. So today, let's remember we can be overcomers. We can overcome our past by faith, by putting it behind us, by trusting Christ to give us the victory. Let's overcome our present circumstances. Let's rise above them. Let's trust Christ because no matter what we're going through, he's with us. We can say with these three pillars, faint not, fear not, and fret not because Jesus loves us and he is with us. And may the Lord encourage us today. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And whatever circumstances we go through in the future, they're out there, they're going to happen, but God's grace is sufficient. He'll care for us, he'll take us through it, and then we'll look back and we'll say, thank you, Lord, you took me through it. God is at work in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure, and he's not finished yet. May God encourage us, be overcomers. May he help us to do that today. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Father, we are so thankful for your word that ministers to us. Many of us are going through hard times right now. Our whole church has been affected by so many things that have happened recently. But Lord, your grace is so sufficient. You're so good, Lord. Nothing is outside of your control. You help us. You guide us. And we're so thankful. Lord, help us to be victorious over our circumstances. Help us to walk through these doors in victory today, knowing that whatever is out there, whatever is going to happen, is already known by you, and you already have a plan for it. And help us not to be dragged down by our past or worried about our future, but help us to live today for your glory and serve you, Lord. We thank you for all that we've been through and all that is to come. Lord, help us to be overcomers and be victorious. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.